Hey everybody, this is Bob Z, the pastor of Joy Christian Fellowship. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it's a word that will encourage you today. Let's remember in these challenging times we're living that God is still in control and that his love for us endures forever. Amen. God bless. You have broken every chain, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, our living hope. Right? He's our living hope. You know, there's a, another old hymn, Travis will know this one. It begins by saying, I serve a risen Savior. Right, that's what we're celebrating today. We have a risen Savior. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today, right? Our risen Savior, Jesus the Christ, is in the world today, April 17, 2022. He's here. He's here at Joy Christian Fellowship in this little bitty town of Charleston, Tennessee. That song goes on. It says, I know that he is living whatever men may say. Not everybody believes Jesus is alive today. It doesn't matter, right? We know different. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, don't you know? He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives he lives, right, Travis? Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Right? He lives in here. In here, isn't that wild? As a born-again believer in Christ, he lives within my heart. And if you're a born-again believer in Christ, he lives within your heart. That should amaze us. Now, if you don't believe that, if you're still living by the standards of the world instead of by the standards of God's principle, then I gotta tell you, you're walking on dangerous ground. And if you still refuse to surrender your heart and ask him into your heart so you can be the person God created you to be, gotta tell you, you're walking on thin ice. Don't just try to build up treasure here on earth because all this can be gone tomorrow, right? It's all temporary. The Bible says, build up your treasure in heaven, right? where moth and rust won't decay. It won't get to it. It lasts forever because it's eternal treasure. That's the treasure we need to be building up, treasure in heaven. And if you think that's foolishness, well, let me remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians. In chapter 1, it's not on a screen, but in verse 18 and 19, Paul writes, for the message of the cross is foolishness to whom? To those who are perishing. It's foolish to those headed for destruction. But, Paul says, but to us who are being saved, it's, it's the power of God. This stuff is the power of God. And God says, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise. I'll frustrate their intelligence. But this foolishness, as some say about the message of the cross, it's the power of God to save us. And I've seen too much. I've experienced and witnessed too much of God working in my life and, and working in my family's life for some intellectual to try to talk me out of believing in the foolishness of the cross and the power of God. And I hope nobody will talk you out of it either. But if, if you're not sure about all that, if you're still not sure about eternity, where you stand with God, let's, let's talk before you leave. 
if that applies to anybody here. You, you don't want to leave this world without them, trust me. So the, on this Resurrection Sunday morning, the title of our message is, I Have Seen the Lord. And those are the words of Mary Magdalene when she went back to the disciples. I think it's really neat that she was the first one to see the risen Savior. You know, Jesus cast out seven demons, Mary Magdalene. She wasn't like your model citizen, but she was the first one that got to see the risen Savior. And instead of jumping all around the place today, we're going to stay in John chapter 20. So, Lord, open up your word to us today. Your word is alive and it's active. And, and we've heard this story. This is the, the, the story of the resurrection. We've heard it. Even if we've been in church once or twice, we, we've heard this story. And it can become so common to us, Lord, that we, we lose the awe and we lose the wonder that we should have for this. So, so stir our hearts up this morning. Stir our spirits up to, to hear from heaven. We need to hear from heaven this morning. We need fresh manna from, from the ovens in heaven, Lord. So send us your word today in a fresh, new, revealing way, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now. We know the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus are recorded in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all wrote about the crucifixion and the resurrection. And even though there are some slight variations in their descriptions, the theme remains the same. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus' mutilated body was placed in a tomb. And on the morning of the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, just like he said he would. Hallelujah. We heard the story last week, Palm Sunday, right, of Jesus' triumphal entry riding into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and how the people were laying down their cloaks and waving the palm branches, singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, which is that Hebrew expression. It's a shout of praise. It's a shout for salvation. Save us now. Hosanna. We heard the stories of Good Friday. Really, really, really good for us. Really, really bad for Jesus. And how Jesus agonized in prayer in the garden before his arrest while his buddies slept. It said Jesus' sweat became like drops of blood. And I've heard from medical people that the human body can get to the point of such high stress and anxiety and tension that either the capillaries or the blood vessels will burst and, and blood can actually ooze out of our pores. Imagine what Jesus' blood pressure was. He was all God, but he was all man. And the all man was maxed out stress where his sweat, his, these blood vessels were breaking and drops of blood were coming out. And I thought about that and I thought, those were the first drops of Jesus' blood to be shed. It was in the garden. Because that's where he settled the issue, right? Now the work was complete and it was finished on the cross. But it was in the garden when he pretty much said, I don't want to do this. And if there's another way of doing this, Lord, now would be a really good time to tell me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Not what I want, Father, but whatever you want. And that was it. It was settled in the garden. And that's where the first drops of his blood were shed. Anyway, I never thought of that before. And we know how Jesus was arrested how he had this bogus trial, right, in Caiaphas's house. And he was whipped and he was spit on, he was beaten, he was kicked, he was punched, he was tortured. He was nailed to that cross and it was soaked with his blood. 
and he did it to die an excruciatingly painful death for the forgiveness of my sins and your sins and of the sin of the world. The innocent one, the only innocent one, dying for all the guilty ones. And we know the story about how Jesus rose from the dead on the morning of the third day and how the women found the empty tomb and they were trembling and astonished as they hurried back to tell the disciples and, and none of the guys believed them. Men. <laughs> they didn't believe it. Although Jesus told them. He tried to tell them. And we know we've heard about how the resurrected Jesus first appeared to Mary Magdalene. And I want us to look a little deeper into her experience this morning and see how it may relate to us. How it may relate to someone we we know and love. So Lord, make this old story become fresh and new this morning. Give us a deeper understanding, a greater revelation of the, the human condition and where we fit in a story. And we thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to this church. I have seen the Lord now, as we go over this passage of Scripture this morning, what, what stood out to me this week are three things that I believe we can learn that will help every one of us live a more blessed, more fruitful, more victorious life in Christ. First thing we need to learn is that our lack of understanding or not paying close attention to something can cause us unnecessary pain and grief and sorrow. Chapter 20 of John's Gospel, it begins by telling us that Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early that morning. She saw that a large stone that had been placed in the entrance was moved out of the way. Now, there were other women who went with her, but John's Gospel only mentions Mary Magdalene. I thought that was interesting. So she sees this, and she goes running back to tell Peter and John, and she says, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and I don't know where they've put him. So Peter and John, they run down to the tomb to check it out. And sure enough, Jesus' body's not there. But the linen cloth was there. And, and I've heard it said it was looked like an empty cocoon that Jesus kind of emerged from. That would be quite a sight to see. And after John saw this, the Scriptures say he saw and believed. John saw and believed. And the Scriptures say, for until then they hadn't realized the Scripture said he would rise from the dead. Even though Jesus tried to tell them and prepare them that this was coming several times. And he said they hadn't realized that the Scripture said this would happen. They weren't paying close attention, were they? Luke's Gospel says Peter saw the linen cloth and wrappings, and he went back home wondering what had happened. So he still wasn't sure. But about John, it says he saw and believed. And that's where our Scriptures for this morning pick up the story in John chapter 20. Verse 10, 11, and 12. It says, Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. That's Mary Magdalene. And she wept. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Now, we don't know if she realized they were angels or, or just two men that were there, but she's obviously heartbroken. Right? She's weeping over the fact that her Messiah, her Savior, Jesus, is dead. And she doesn't know where his body is. And she doesn't know who took it. But the two angels 
Look what they ask her in verse 13. They ask her, woman, why are you crying? And she answers them. She says, they've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Now, remember, I said the first thing we can learn from this passage is our lack of understanding or not paying close enough attention can really cause us some unnecessary grief and sorrow. And we can see from the scriptures here that Mary's heart's full of pain. Her heart is broken. She went to the tomb early that morning looking for a dead man's body, not a risen Savior. She heard Jesus' teachings just like the rest of the disciples. Jesus tried to make them understand he was going to be put to death, but that he would rise again on the third day, and he did, but none of them fully understood him. They lacked understanding. Mary Magdalene lacked understanding. Oftentimes, you and I lack understanding. And just like the rest of the disciples, Mary didn't fully grasp the magnitude, the full magnitude of Jesus' power and his greatness. Her lack of understanding of the teachings and the preachings of Jesus caused her and the rest of the disciples to feel pain and sorrow instead of joy and celebration. And Jesus tried and tried to explain it to them before it was going to happen over and over again, and none of them got it. That's not on the screen, but in Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 16, it says that from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples he had to go to Jerusalem. Right? He had to go to Jerusalem. That he would suffer at the hands of the chief priests and the teachers of the law. Those are the church leaders. That he'd be killed. And this was the part they just couldn't grasp. That he'd be raised back to life on the third day. For some reason, that just, just didn't register with him. Now, if Mary had understood the full meaning of Jesus' message, if she had been closely listening to every word he said, she would have never gone to the empty tomb so sad. If she had understood his teachings more clearly, she never would have gone to the tomb looking for a dead body. She would have realized this wasn't a day of mourning. This was a day of rejoicing. It really happened. The tomb's empty. This wasn't a day to cry. This was a day to celebrate. Today is a day for us to celebrate. But you know, unfortunately, there are many people in the body of Christ today who never experience that real peace and that real joy of the Lord because of their lack of understanding. Their lack of understanding His heart. Their lack of understanding His Word, His teachings, His preaching. They don't draw close to Him. They don't press in for more of Him. They don't really listen or obey Him. They're out doing their own thing. Which means they don't really trust Him or really believe in Him. Not enough. But we all need to celebrate this day with great joy because our God's not dead. Right? He's surely alive, right? He's living on the inside. Hopefully he's roaring like a lion. He's living in our hearts. The Lord has not abandoned us. He, he's not left us or forsaken us like the world would want us to believe. He's alive, he's well, and he's with us here right now. We just need a greater awareness of his presence. Second thing we can learn from this passage of Scripture about Mary Magdalene is that sometimes the circumstances of our own lives are so heavy. They become so heavy and intense they can prevent us from seeing how the Lord really is working in our lives. Even when we don't see it, he's working, right? 
I've been guilty of that. Where I said, where are you, Lord? Where are you when I really need you? He was working. I just, my circumstances were so heavy and, and my, my mind was so confused and my heart was so broken that I, I couldn't see him. Look what happens next. Mary just told the angels, they've taken my Lord away and I don't know where they've put him. She's still thinking there's a dead body somewhere and I don't know where it's at. Look at verse 14 and 15. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. She said, sir... If you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Now keep in mind, Mary spent three years following with Jesus and the disciples. And now Mary thinks Jesus is the gardener. Somehow she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't even recognize his voice. Now this is the resurrected Jesus. So I don't know if his voice changed or his appearance was different, but she thought he was the gardener. He's standing right in front of her, and somehow her circumstances didn't allow her to recognize Jesus. Look at verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary! Like, Mary, come on, Mary, look at me! And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Mary finally realizes she's been talking with the resurrected Jesus. He's saying, Mary, in other words, it's like, pay attention. Look at me. Mary, come on. Pay attention. You've got to wonder, what kept her from immediately recognizing him like he sh she should have? Maybe, maybe it was her expectations of what she would find at the tomb. She's looking for a dead body. She's not expecting him to be standing there talking to her. Maybe what she believed really had happened, no matter how many times Jesus told her and the others, this would happen. This was going to happen. She's still looking for a dead body, wondering who's got it. See, sometimes our expectations and what we already believe will cause us to only see what we already are expecting to see. And it'll keep us from seeing what is really right in front of us. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. It made sense late last night. I hope so. You know what else is surprising about this scene at the empty tomb with Mary and Jesus? Mary Magdalene knew that Jesus brought Lazarus back to life after four days in the grave. So she knew the power Jesus had over life and death. Yet apparently she forgot about that when she saw the empty tomb and she didn't even recognize Jesus or his voice. And he said, come on, Mary, pay attention. But see, when difficult times come to us, when tragedy comes our way and we're overcome by sadness and grief. We tend to forget what we've learned. We tend to forget what we've experienced, what we've witnessed. We tend to forget what we know is true. We tend to forget or, or we just stop seeing how the Lord has worked in our life and how he continues to work in our lives, right? He never stops. He never stops working. That's why every so often, he may have to give us a shout and say, wake up, pay attention, be alert. Come on, Mary, 
Come on, Lisa. Come on, Dan. Come on, Tony. Come on, Chris. Come on, Bob. Pay attention. Is he calling your name this morning? Is he telling you to wake up and pay attention instead of allowing our circumstances to cloud our memory of how good he is and how he's working in our lives even when we can't see, even when it's right in front of us and we don't recognize it like Mary? Oh, open our eyes, Lord. This morning, open our eyes. Give us vision to see things the way you see them so we don't get overwhelmed by our struggles. We need that today. All right, the third thing I believe we can all learn from Mary Magdalene's encounter with the resurrected Jesus is that we can't be selfish, right? We're selfish by nature, but we can't keep this incredible good news to ourselves. We can't be selfish with it. If we discovered the cure to a fatal disease, would we keep it to ourselves? I sure hope not. No, no, no. We'd share it. We'd share it with everyone we knew who, who needed that cure. Well, guess what? There is a fatal disease that we know of. And the good news is we really do know the cure, and we didn't find it by Googling WebMD. The disease is sin, and the cure is Jesus. Amen? The cure is Jesus. We know that. And we know he already paid the price for it. He did all the heavy lifting for us. He did all the dirty work. But we can't keep him to ourselves. We, and apparently Mary Magdalene fell to defeat Jesus to worship him, and she grabbed onto him and just won't, wouldn't let him go. Once she realized, oh, he's, he's back, he's alive again, my Messiah is here, he wouldn't let him go. We can understand that. But look at verse 17 and 18. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father. Notice how she, he's including her. To my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. And they still didn't believe. Now, we, we need to hold on to Jesus in a spiritual sense. We don't want to let go of the Lord spiritually. But we can't physically hold on to him like Mary was. We can't be selfish and attempt to just hold on to the gospel of Jesus, this good news that, that Jesus saved sinners and made a way for us to spend eternity with him and the Father. We have to share his word, and we have to share his truth with a confused and deceived world. Man, there's a lot of people out there that are confused. They're deceived. We need to share his love, and we need to share his mercy, and we need to share his grace, and we need to share his compassion and his kindness with a skeptical and a cynical world that is being fed lies and fear. But let's remember we need to speak the truth in love. Amen? This is so important. I have that thing, that saying I repeat every now and then, is that truth without love kills. Right? It could beat you over the head all day long with the truth. But if there's no love attached to it, all I'm doing is killing your spirit. The opposite part of that is that truth without love kills, but love without truth lies. I could love you and love you and tell you everything. You, you might up beat your eyeballs in deep sin, and I can say, that's okay, that's okay, Jesus loves you. But I'm not giving you any truth where he tells, be holy for I am holy. Then I'm lying to you. So we don't want to kill people, and we don't want to lie to them. 
But let's face it, Christians can be obnoxious at times, right? They can. Let's not be like that. Let's not be like that. We don't want to get into shouting matches and say, you're wrong and I'm right. What's that going to do? Just drive people further away. We want to speak the truth in love without compromising our beliefs or our values. And you know, Holy Spirit will empower us to do that well. Let's not try to go out there and do it in our own strength because we'll fail miserably. We need His Spirit to rise up in us to accomplish this. You know, the greeting all around the world this morning is, He is risen. And the response is, He is risen indeed. But I got to tell you, it's pointless to say He is risen unless we can say, He is risen in me. And I am risen in Him. Yeah? It's not on the screen, but in Matthew 28. When the women discovered the large stone rolled away and saw the tomb was empty, the angel told them, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just like he said. And then he tells the women, come and see the place where they laid him. And then go quickly and tell his disciples he's risen from the dead. Daniel says, come and see, and then go and tell. And when you think about it, that's our assignment too. The cross is empty. Better yet, the tomb is empty. He's not there. He is risen. Come and see. Come and see, and then go and tell. Now, I hope we can look at our lives this morning and see if any of the emotions, any of the responses that Mary Magdalene had at the empty tomb are similar in any way to ours when the circumstances of our life can be overwhelming. And we can't see clearly even when the answer is right in front of us. I hope we can relate to this somehow. Because this is a day for celebration, not crying. This is a day for joy, not sorrow. Death, where is your sting? Right? Grave, where is your victory? He's alive, He's alive, He is risen. And as we sang earlier, then on the third, at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. O trampled death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. Amen? Let's remember the angel's words at the empty tomb. Come and see and then go and tell. There are people out there that need to know this story. They've heard it. Maybe they've heard it in a bad way. So first, let's come and see and then let's go and tell. Amen? I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. Come back next week. Bring somebody with you. Have a blessed Resurrection Sunday. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the the truth in your word. Thank you, Father, for the resurrection. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood, but we thank you for the empty cross. And we thank you today for the empty tomb because you did exactly what you said you would do. So let us come and see. Let us be refreshed in this and let us see and then go and tell. And let us speak your truth in love. And help us, Father, to be more like you and listen well and not be distracted and not by not paying attention. But help us not to have a lack of understanding that will avoid a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of grief in our life 
if we'll have greater understanding, and if we'll pay closer attention to what you're telling us. May your voice be the loudest voice we hear speaking to us. And I pray if anybody here wants prayer for anything, anything going on they want prayer for, I'll be up here for a while. You can pray where you are. You can go off to a corner somewhere. You can get with somebody and pray. If, if the Lord has nudged you to say, you need to share that word with that person, don't, don't blow that off. Don't blow that off. We want to be sensitive to the spirit leading, okay? We don't want to manipulate anything or anybody. We don't want man-made stuff. But if, if the spirit is moving in here and he's talking to somebody about someone or to pray, to share a word, to encourage somebody, don't, don't ignore that nudge. Follow through on it. Lord, thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you seems like such small words to say appreciation for what you've done for us and what you continue to do for us to give us a greater desire for more of you and less of this world, I pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen.